Welcome to another great message by Pastor Adrian Wright, lead pastor at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. you this morning with a word. I want to share something with you that will hopefully help you to understand Jesus a little bit more clearly, to know him more. That's what we're all about. We're all about knowing God, knowing Jesus and helping you know him, not just know of him, but truly come to know his goodness and his grace and the person that he is. And so we've been sharing a lot on the person of Jesus. And today I want to share a message with you entitled, He is our living water. He is our living water. One of the mistakes that I make whenever I go to a restaurant, which is something that I miss so much, just being able to sit down at a restaurant and have a meal with my wife um, and, and just chat and hang out and have somebody else prepare the food. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing that as soon as our lockdown is done. But uh, one of the mistakes I always make when I go to a restaurant is that I immediately order water the moment I sit down. I know that in other places in the world, like in the US when I've gone there, they just pour the water without you asking. But here in South Africa, you actually have to order water. And when you order, you often have to pay for what you've ordered. They'll bring you bottled water, not just water out of a jug. And, uh, and I keep making this mistake because in my mind, it just doesn't compute that water should cost a lot of money or that I should be charged a lot uh, you know, for a simple bottle of still water. But whenever I get the bill, my wife looks at me and says, I tell you this every single time. The water isn't free. It's expensive. In fact, mostly we get overcharged for that water. And many times I've even seen up to 35 rand for a small bottle of water. And, uh, and, and I feel like a fool every time. I'm like, I should have known that they were going to overcharge me for this. It's basically daylight robbery. At what point? Did water become this expensive? But, you know, that's just how life works at this point. It feels like nothing is free. Everything comes at a price. And so we're pretty accustomed to this. You pay for everything. Everything costs you something. There's no such thing as a free meal, apparently a free drink either. And so it's really difficult for us when we're thinking about God and we're thinking about His grace, we're thinking about the gospel not to have that same thinking that it's got to cost us something. What's the catch? You know, what's the hidden cost? How much do I have to pay? We struggle for this reason to receive grace as a free gift because we've been conditioned into thinking that surely it must cost us something in order for us to receive it. And I want to just show you something that God has for you today that is completely free, that doesn't require any payment, that he specifically says again and again, this is free, and I invite you to accept it as such. I want to go to John chapter 4 today. So if you have a Bible uh, or an app that you're working off of, uh, you can go to John chapter number 4, and I want to read to you from uh, verse 16 in John 4. This is a, a moment where Jesus meets a woman who's coming to draw water at a well in the middle of the day. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said 
is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Jesus spoke into this woman's life in this moment. She came for water, but she got more than what she bargained for. As she meets Jesus, she realizes that Jesus is aware of her brokenness. Jesus is aware of what she's going through. Jesus can see that she has has been through some stuff in life, some hurt, some rejection, some pain. And he calls it out in that moment as the Holy Spirit just brings that word of knowledge to Jesus. He begins to realize that there is something that's happened in this woman's life and he speaks it. And all of a sudden she recognizes that the man who is sitting there is not simply a man, but there is something divine and supernatural about him. She says, I perceive that you are a prophet. A lot of people have the wrong idea about Jesus and what it is that he came to do. You know, they see church and religion as a means to control, full of rules and and regulations, seen as a sure way to live a boring and irrelevant life. That's how a lot of people think about church. And they think the church is always just trying to get something from you. That's how they feel. God is just trying to take and take and take something. And and I don't know if I have enough just for me. And so how could I give God what he wants? They think that Jesus just hangs out with good people. That, you know, people that have their act together, that never struggle in life, that have it all figured out. The truth is that Jesus came for thirsty people like us. As much as we may have some things figured out in life, We struggle in so many other areas. And most of the time, we're just pretending to know what we're doing. And so life to us is like drinking something that doesn't quite quench your thirst. I don't know if you've ever experienced that when you you drink something and it just doesn't seem to do the job. I remember watching a video on YouTube a while back about, uh, you know, it was basically a kid that that was standing at the beach in a shower, washing his hair, trying to rinse his hair. And every time he just got the shampoo out of his hair, a friend came up from behind and sprayed some more uh, shampoo in his hair. And, and so he, every time he keeps rubbing it, there's just more and more of the shampoo to rinse out. And eventually he gets so frustrated, he cries out in desperation, like, what is going on with this shampoo? I just cannot get ahead. And that's just what life is like. We get so frustrated Because it feels like we just never get a complete grip of it. We never get that fulfillment or that satisfaction that we desire. We struggle to be content. No matter how much we get, we want more. And no matter how much more we get, we want something else. We look for things to quench our thirst. Achieving success, marrying the right person, having a family, owning a nice house, driving a nice car. But none of these things satisfy We think that if we can get the perfect setup, a pain-free life, then we will be better. We will feel better about ourselves. You know, even Pharrell sang the song that said, clap along if you feel that happiness is the truth. But happiness isn't the truth. Happiness isn't what's true. What that statement, and that's really what our society believes, is that as long as it makes you happy, you know, then, then... it's true and you should go ahead and do it. But it makes me think of another, another song by, I think, Cheryl Crow who says, if it makes you happy, then why are you so sad? 
I don't know why I decided to preach in lyrics today, but, but the truth is, is that what makes a great life is not the absence of pain, but the presence of purpose. And that purpose is not just to, to seek our own happiness or our own fulfillment, but it's to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and to find fulfillment in what Jesus offers us, in his life and in his presence. So Jesus says to the woman at the well, he says, go and call your husband. He recognizes that this woman is thirsty. She's an outcast. She's been rejected. She's failed again and again. And he's saying to her, I understand the root of your sin. It's that you feel unfulfilled and you're looking for things other than God to fulfill you. How often do we do this? We look to other things to fulfill us. In John 4 verse 7, this is the full story here. It says, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, which is kind of midday, middle of the day. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Now, I can tell you that that was unusual because the woman would draw water early in the morning and again before evening. They wouldn't come in the heat of the day. And so this woman is coming alone because she's obviously uh, got a stigma about her. There's some rumors and she's rejected. She's an outcast. So she comes in the middle of the day to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? This kind of broke the rules of the customs of the day, as well as the fact that there was a lot of prejudice between Samaritans and Jews. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, give me a drink. If you knew God's gift and the giver himself, Jesus. If you knew who it was, you would have asked him and we, he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, the water from the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Jesus is talking about that hunger, that thirst, that spiritual need for fulfillment that we lack, that we cannot find in this life. And he says, if you just drink the water from the well, just the earthly water, if you look for fulfillment to quench your thirst in all these different things, whatever it may be, it will leave you thirsty again. But if you drink the water that I give you, you will never thirst. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying this to you, if you could recognize Jesus for who he is, get a revelation of his goodness, a spiritual understanding of who he is, you would ask him, for that living water and you would never thirst again. You see, the truth is that Jesus is not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. And this is something that Jesus is passionate about. In John 10 verse 10, 
Jesus said, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Listen to this. In John 7, 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out. He cried out. He's not just, it's not just a suggestion. He's not whispering this to his small group of friends. He cries out passionately. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You see, we're thirsty because we were cut off from God. Our sinfulness left us running away from the only source of water, the source of our lives. See, even, even atheists know this. Somebody once said that atheists are people who don't believe in God and also cannot stop talking about him. There's something in our hearts that cries out to be reunited with our creator. But our sin stood in the way. And that is why Jesus went to the cross and endured the agony of the cross. Having had nothing to drink for hours, if not days, he carried his own cross. He walked up that hill. He was nailed to it. He endured the pain, the countless beatings and the, and, and the torture of it all. Listen to what he says. Once he has been nailed to that cross and he's been hanging there and he's about to give up his spirit and pass away. Listen to what Jesus says in John 19 verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he had done the job. He had paid the price for your sin and for mine. He had removed that obstacle that kept us from God. He said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Jesus said on the cross, he was thirsty. In that moment, his thirst was not just a physical thirst. It was also spiritual because in that moment, Jesus was separated from the Father on our behalf. Jesus was made thirsty so that our thirst could be quenched, could forever be quenched. This is so beautiful. And after he declares it, he says it is finished. He has done the, the work. Your thirst, your separation from God, your running around, your emptiness, it is finished. The stealing, the robbing, the destroying that Satan has done in your life, all the ways, all the things he has done to bring destruction to your life, Jesus declares it is finished. It is finished. I always want to look when I buy a book at, at how it ends. And sometimes I resist the temptation. Sometimes I don't. But have you ever wondered how the Bible ends? If you turn right to the back and you open it up, like what is, what is the last thing that the Bible says? Well, this is what it says in Revelation 22 verse 17. It says, the spirit and the bride says, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Without price. 
the one who thirsts, let him come and take the water of life without price. This is God's invitation to us through the life of Jesus and in the scriptures to all of us. God invites us to come and find the water that we need for our thirst. And this is also the church's invitation to the world. Come and drink. Come and enjoy what we have found. It's free. It is without price. It is not earned. This is not something that you have to pay for. It's given freely by the grace of God to all who believe. John 7 verse 37, we've already read, but I want to read it again and just add on the next verse because I think it's so beautiful. In verse 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, Jesus says, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Come on, that's so beautiful. We are transformed as we put our faith in Jesus, not just to, you know, having a, a sip of water or a temporary refreshment, but to receiving the fullness of God's life on the inside of us, the source of life bubbling up within us, rivers of living water. And that is how we are sustained by God's grace and by the power of His Holy Spirit. And it's also how we get to make a difference in the lives of of others. So let's go out there. Let's make a difference. Let's keep praying, believing, standing strong, and finding our hope in Jesus and in the water that he gives us without price. We love you, Anchor Church. We cannot wait to see you again. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you next Sunday.